Welcome, Impactful Parents. It's time for the Impactful Parenting Podcast, where I give you parenting tips and resources to make you a more impactful parent to your school-aged child. I am your host, Christina Campos. Welcome, Impactful Parents. Today, we're going to talk about how to protect children from emotional and physical abuse, which is so common today in our youth athletics. Hello, my name is Christina Campos. I'm founder of The Impactful Parent, and I help parents of school-age children turn their chaos into connection with their adolescent. I offer parent education videos every week, online courses, and coaching. And if that wasn't enough, I bring experts in on other fields onto The Impactful Parent stage to teach you even more. And today I have a special guest. Her name is Dr. Amy Saltzman. And Dr. Saltzman is the creator of a program called spot a spider that teaches children and teens how to protect themselves from all types of abuse, both emotional and physical and sexual, from children's sports teams and after-school clubs and community programs. And Amy Saltzman is especially passionate about keeping girls safe in their athletic teams and is on a mission to keep all kids safe by educating families. I'm really excited to have Amy on the show today to talk about this silent epidemic and how we can best keep our kids safe from harm. So thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I'd love to start out with what is happening, this silent epidemic that a lot of people are not talking about, but I know that it's out there where kids are being abused, both either emotionally or sexually or just manipulated in their after-school sport programs. Can you talk a little bit more about what's happening? Research indicates that children are most vulnerable to sexual abuse between the ages of 7 and 13. And more than 20% of children who are sexually abused are abused before the age of 8. So this is just sexual abuse. So these statistics likely underreport the frequency of sexual abuse, and they don't take into account covert emotional abuse, which we call grooming, which I'll come back to in a minute, or over emotional and physical abuse. So we want to be teaching our children as early as possible to spot sneaky spiders, which is grooming, and then obvious spiders, which is obvious emotional, physical, and sexual abuse. Now, a part of this that you do, is that also... Um, Emotional abuse of just too much yelling and pushing the child. Is that all encompassed in this or is that separate? Right. So let's let's break things down for a minute. So grooming, which is covert emotional abuse. And unfortunately, we tend to think of grooming as something that leads to physical or sexual abuse. But grooming in and of itself, even if there's no physical abuse or no sexual abuse, is psychologically damaging. And again, research would show that grooming is more psychologically damaging than overt emotional, physical, or sexual abuse. And the reason for that is that it's so sneaky that people aren't sure. And so it really shakes their heart, their mind, their soul, because it takes away that 
that sense of certainty for someone. And then the things that you were naming, like yelling and berating and critiquing and teasing, those fall for me in the category of obvious abuse. And um, even though it's obvious, for some reason, we still allow, and this is mostly a sports specific thing, we allow coaches to do things that we would never allow a classroom teacher or a piano teacher to do. And we especially allow it if they're winning. Yeah, that's really scary. Oh my goodness. But you're right. It's what we do. And while the parents are doing similar things, like, you know, they obviously are more common to yell at their kids in public if it's in a sporting event versus yelling at their kids in public if it's at a grocery store. They, the stigma is different. It feels different. Um, I have two videos. The first is called How to Spot a Sneaky Spider. And that entire video is How to Spot Covert Emotional Abuse or Grooming. And then I have a second video, How to Spot an Obvious Spider. And that video is How to Be Clear that Obvious Abuse is Abuse. And it's not passionate coaching. It's not good coaching. It's abuse. And then... In both videos, we want the kids to have the language to tell a responsible, trusted adult that something's off. And so what are some of these warning signs that we're looking out for as parents? So one of the first warning signs actually is a coach making your child feel special. So sometimes a certain coach or team or setting in and of itself might make your child feel special. Other times the coach is very specifically saying, you know, you're so special. I'm going to make you more special. You're one of the best athletes I've ever coached. And then following on that is something called love bombing. And often that's texting your child individually, giving your child little treats. Like if we think of the gymnast and Nasser, he gave them food, um, offering your child extra time or a ride home, taking your child shopping or to the movies. And in and of itself, all of this can seem like, oh, the coach really likes my kid, thinks my kid is special, is supporting my kid, but that should be a red flag. If that's the only pattern that you see, maybe it's okay. But then if your child raises concerns or you raise concerns and the coach becomes really charming, usually they don't, again, because we're talking about covert abuse, they don't become defensive first. They become charming and they're like, this is what all great coaches do for their best athletes. There's no reason for you to be nervous. You can trust me. And they're trying to get the child or the parents inner wisdom to kind of they're trying to silence that inner wisdom then if people continue to be concerned then they start to be mean they're like well you don't know what you're talking about and you don't appreciate my coaching and you don't understand what it takes to be great they start getting defensive they start getting mean the other thing is watching for a coach separating people who are kind of in the pro coach camp from the against coach camp. Um, 
For example, if your child has a teammate who's raising questions, the coach will say, oh, well, that teammate has a bad attitude. Don't hang out with them. If you're raising questions, the coach may actually try to separate you from your child by saying, your parents don't understand the sport. They don't understand what it takes to be great. They're preventing you from fulfilling your dreams. So they're putting a little wedge between you and your child. Um, if an assistant coach or an office manager is raising issues, the coach may say that the those people don't know what they're talking about. And they If they have the option, they may even get those people fired. And then the worst part is that the coach will separate your child from their wise self, the part of your kid that knows that something's off, that knows this doesn't feel right, because they'll kind of trick your child into saying, again, you can trust me. Uh, this is what all great coaches do. And then the kid's thinking, well, you know, I'm not sure, but he or she's the coach and maybe I'm just making a mountain out of a molehill. And, you know, today he's being super nice. So maybe I just made it up. Like maybe what I remembering, not what's happened. And then of course, like all abusers, they will distort the truth. So they will say, that's not what happened. That's not what I said. You're not remembering correctly. I didn't do that. And, um, you know, it undermines the child's trust in themselves. And all of this happens so gradually that kids, they don't know what's happening. They don't know what's going on. And it's really hard for children to speak up and speak out when they're just not sure against adults, especially because we parents in general, we teach our kids to comply. It's good to comply. Do what your coach says. Listen, you know, and um, in this case, all that teaching is really giving our kids a disservice. So how do we counter that and keep our kids safe now as parents? Well, I think there's a couple things. Um, first of all, for a lot of people, they feel a little bit intimidated or reluctant to have these conversations. And this is exactly why I created the videos. I want to make the information as clear and accessible and straightforward as possible. So my suggestion would actually be that you watch the videos with your kids. On the website are discussion questions for both videos. Um, and simply having the conversation and then also intermittently asking your kid, you know, just how was practice or does your coach ever say or do anything that has you feel uncomfortable? Do you see any signs of your coach being a spider? And the other one um, is uh, drive carpool a couple times a week and listen to what the kids are saying in the car. So I have a friend who was describing to me that um, the girls were pretty repeatedly coming out of practice and saying, coach was so mean today. And you may not want to put your kid on the spot in that moment, but you might want to open it up to the whole carpool. Can you, can you just tell me a little bit more about what you mean by mean? And then if you've watched the spider videos, you can also start to ask more sophisticated questions. Um, do you ever feel afraid of your coach? Do you ever feel afraid of leaving the team? Like then you won't be able to achieve what you want to achieve. Um, you can start to have these conversations. 
it's so important to have this resource just with you. So tell us a little bit more about Spot a Spider. What is it that it is exactly? And how do we get, look into it? The website is www.spotaspider.com. Couldn't be easier. And it has several components. The videos that I mentioned, which are one about recognizing all the patterns of covert emotional abuse or grooming. And this just gives the kids the language to say, you know, mom, coach is texting me when he's not texting the rest of the group or coach offered me a ride home or coach pulled me aside today and kind of separated me from everybody else. Um, and then how to spot an obvious spider goes through, you know, as you were saying, the yelling, the physical behaviors that are abusive, but aren't, aren't harming the body. So like pulling someone by a Jersey or throwing a water bottle or something like that. And then the physical behaviors that are harmful. So the actual hitting, pulling, pushing, kicking, but also things like making athletes be too skinny to be healthy, uh, asking athletes to take a substance, basically doping is physical abuse. Uh, also telling athletes that they should ignore the trainers or the doctor's recommendations or physical abuse. And then I go through very specifically, what is sexual abuse? We name the sexual body parts. My feeling is if you can say hands and mouth, then you can say breast, vagina, penis, anus, and buttocks. And there's actually, again, data to show that kids who know the proper terminology for their sexual body parts are much less likely to be abused. And then we talk about what to do. And often, I think it's too much to ask a child to do something in the moment, because usually when something happens in the moment, the child's going to go into fight, flight, freeze, or fawn. They just, it's like, wait, what just happened? Did that really happen? What should I say? I don't know what to say. And by the time they've gone through just that little cycle, the moments passed. So occasionally a brave, very well-prepared child might be able to say, don't touch my butt or don't talk to me in that tone or whatever it is, or I'm not going to let you scare me if we're talking about covert emotional abuse, but often they can't. And so the best thing they can do <clears throat> is after they can go to a trusted adult and just say, this didn't feel right. Or if it's a more obvious event, they can give the specifics for the event. So the other things that do, the parents can do is believe your child. The statistics say that false reporting is like infinitesimally small. And then to the first thing you want to do is to care for your child, to tell them you believe them, to tell them that's not right then you want to get more information. You may want to do that with a trauma-informed therapist. And then you want to be able to take action. And while we're on taking action, the other parts of Spot a Spider are really designed to help us take both preventative action and then action after an event. So 
There are hiring questions and screening guidelines for clubs to use to minimize the risk of hiring a spider. There are codes of ethics that are written in kid language and adult language that can be put up at the front desk, in the bathrooms, in the locker rooms. Um, there are codes of conduct for all the staff. And you want to be pushing for your club to adopt these procedures uh, ahead of time. What are the most popular types of emotional abuse that you're seeing? Well, first of all, let's not call them popular. Let's call them common. And I do think that in its entirety, emotional abuse is meant to gain trust. So the coach wants to gain trust and create doubt and fear in the athlete. And the other common pattern is, right, the coach is playing on the athlete's love of their sport. I So they're making a promise. I promise to help you succeed. And a lot of the most abusive coaches are coaches in elite programs that really do have that power, right? They have the power to re recommend you to the regional or the national team or the Olympic team. And the athlete feels stuck because they know that they need to need the coach for that recommendation. And then, so they're playing on the athlete's love of the sport, but they're also playing on the athlete's fear. And these, they go together. So the fear is if you don't do what I say, then you won't ever make it. And those are the most concerning, the most concerning dynamics that we see. And which sports in particular do you see abuse happening most often? Okay, thank you so much for asking this because in the lead-in, I wanted to make clear this happens in every sport to kids of every kids and professionals of every age, to people of every gender, by coaches of every gender. So it's not the thing we tend to think of is male coaches abusing cute little female gymnasts, right? Like that's the idea we have in our mind. But there are cases of 200 um, football players at the University of Michigan being abused by the team doctor. There are cases of professional hockey players being abused. I think, unfortunately, it's even harder for the men and boys to come forward than it is for the girls and the women, but it is happening everywhere. And I don't think that we should be naive in thinking that it's mostly this sport or that sport or this gender or that gender. And there are um, plenty of cases of women being abusive coaches. Uh, so we need to keep that in mind as well, because I just think our biases are it's just men abusing young girls and it's not. And it's not just an elite sport thing either, I'm assuming, or even just sports, because you the your program, uh, Spot a Spider, it helps not just athletes, it also helps any extracurricular activities at 
correct. Right. And I wouldn't even say extracurricular, right? Because the, the spider could be a teacher. The spider could be your, I mean, this is extracurricular, but like your scout leader or your guitar teacher or your theater director or the chess club leader or the friend next door. And so while the program, it would have been too complicated to make videos for each or whatever. So in the videos, I say, look, in the I, in this video, I'm going to talk about coaches and athletes, but let's be clear that this happens in any setting and it applies to all settings. What a wealth of information that Spot Spider seems to be giving parents a great resource for all of us. Uh, one last question, and there's nothing like real life uh, examples and circumstances. Is there, can you, you know, obviously keeping everybody anonymous, can you give us uh, just a few examples of what is happening and uh, so that parents can, can really take this seriously? This is not just a mythical or, or even a theoretical thing that's happening. What are some real things that are actually happening that you could tell us about? Okay, so I'm going to give you two choices for those of you who really, really want to be informed. One of the things that's on the resource section on the website is my article called Ending Cycles of Abuse in Sports and Society. And that article is written in adult language, and it uses very specific examples of how this type of abuse plays out in sports with quotes from the athletes and everything. So that's there on the website. We're not going to cover all of that before the podcast ends. So I'm going to give you now like the short, simple example. Um, and it was actually the same friend with the girls in the car who told me a story where her daughter, who was a gymnast, which is what I happen to be, um, her coach wanted to fix her hair. And he wanted to put it in a high ponytail. So that meant for her to bend over and let him scoop up her hair, which means that her buttocks is up in the air towards him. And she felt very uncomfortable about doing that. She asked if she could have the female coach walk across the gym and have the female coach do it. And her male coach told her no. Now, in and of itself, this little episode could look like the coach just wants her hair out of her way and wants her back up on the bars or the beams so that she can complete her turn so the next girl can go. But in that instance, right, the body position's concerning and the coach is undermining the girl's autonomy. And so... The problem with sneaky covert abuse is like each little incident in and of itself can look understandable, right? Coach just wants the hair out of her way and for the girl to take her turn, no big deal. And that's probably what the coach will say. But the girl knows that something doesn't feel right. And then the coach is asking her to ignore her inner wisdom. And that's doubly concerning. So it's, it can be a millisecond of a moment, but what happens and why I call it how to spot a spider is because these coaches are weaving these webs 
one little thread at a time. They're super patient. They weave the thread for your child. They weave the thread for you. Like, right, they'll, they'll come back to you if you told that story and he'll say, oh no, I just wanted her to take her turn, right? And then you're thinking, well, my kid's making a big deal out of nothing. She should just like do what the coach says. And they weave webs in communities. I mean, this is what we saw with Nasser. There's a couple hockey communities in Canada where these types of behaviors have happened over decades. So the coach is like the guy to go to in the communities. And it's happening right under everyone's noses. And what else would you recommend parents to know? What else do they really need that's important? I think the most important thing for you to know is that however awkward it might feel to have these conversations with your child, it is way better and way less awkward than speaking to your child after an event. So I encourage you to teach your children to spot spiders because that is what allows them to stop the spiders. That's right. We're going to empower our kids with the education they need to stand up for themselves and spot those warning signs. So that is amazing. What a great organization. Please tell us again, how do we get to spot a spider? Super simple, www.spotaspider.com. I hope that today's episode brought value to you. And if you would like to become a more impactful parent, download the Impactful Parent app. The Impactful Parent app is free to download and full of episodes just like this one that are going to help you in your parenting journey. So carry help, tips, and parenting resources right in your pockets so you can refer to them whenever you need it most. Plus, when you download the Impactful Parent app, you are also joining a community of like-minded parents that also want to be the best parent they can to their child. So download the app for free and discover new techniques to make your parenting more effective. Get parenting resources that's going to make your life easier and then track your progress to help you be more accountable and intentional in your parenting. Plus, inside the app, you're going to have the ability to interact with other parents and me. All of this and so much more is literally inside the app, which could be right in your pocket. So download it today. You got nothing to lose since it's free. So go to theimpactfulparent.com and discover how you can step up your parenting game and become a more impactful parent. But until next time, you got this parents. I'm just here to help. Thank you for listening today. Remember to subscribe and share this podcast with a friend. And don't forget, the Impactful Parenting Podcast is an extension of the Impactful Parent community. Go to the Impactful Parent website and download the free Impactful Parent app so you don't miss a parenting tip that can help you and your family. Thanks for listening today. So go to theimpactfulparent.com and see you next episode.